0: We up in this zone. We up in this zone. I'm going to keep it all the way a 1,000 with y'all off the top. There's two reasons why I'm hyped to record this podcast. The song I'm going to open up with, one of the two songs I'm going to open up with, and the song I'm going to close with. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we get right to it. It will be a short podcast.
1: Fighting for you, Jack. That
0: should definitely go. No cap.
2: <laughs> Everybody talking about you know, me. i shit. I mean? You hear what I'm saying? just talking me. me shit. You know what I
0: mean? Oh my God, yeah. i 150!
2: i gave it all for fantasy. <laughs> If I go tonight, I doubt the world'll change I just, I just pray they don't forget well, my name How y'all living out there? They got checked the stats, they said they are Portugal die, well, I still
0: be What the cool. fuck is you talking cool. about? 10,000 The bots going uh, crazy on SoundCloud 40,000 How much I'ma spend profiling Yeah She come in and compliment my closet Fuck her on the floor like I don't give a fuck about it Your judgment get cloudy when you cloud it
2: my opposition wish I'd stop smiling My family wish I'd stop wildin'. I'm still on the east side smoking with my OG Cause they the only ones that really know me I was fucking superstars when I was 19
0: Shit we did, you won't believe me I at the turn up looking lonely Then they wonder why I'm quiet at them house parties Cause everybody see me Throw some blunts and hit her once and now she need me
2: her nigga wanna baby. Yeah, but they don't know if i I been need going it, through it, y'all, or my mom like and Swear to god I been going through I been
0: it. In the deep end. Hey, I swear to God I've been going through it. I ain't even gonna one day I'm gonna really get into it. <laughs> I'm gonna get into that motherfucker one day. God damn. But let me get into one more song, then we really gonna get into it. <laughs> for all my niggas in the Northeast. (laughs) All my niggas on the West Coast. (laughs) I don't know what niggas in the Northeast got to do with it. Because if I don't, I'll let that motherfucker run.
2: I heard they've been Yes, you it. Yes, I heard they've been wildin' for
0: it. <laughs> What's up, folk? It is your one and only favorite, Woody Jack or Jack. Just another nigga with no bitches and an opinion, and I've been wildin' for respect. Googie Rally Run. I done bug you live. What is up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Wild and For Respect podcast. This could be your first time listening. This may be your last time listening. I don't know. Could be your third time listening. Shout out to everybody worldwide that be checking me out. It's small numbers. I will say that. It's small numbers, but should be kind of traveling a little bit. Again, I don't know if it's the bots. I don't know if SoundCloud, little young niggas, still just be out here searching shit, but we all over the country with it. Small numbers. We all over the world with it. Very small numbers, but we doing our thing we doing our thing. Um, so like I told you, just like last week, it will be a short episode. I ain't got too much to get into. Excuse me. <clears throat> but I will get into it. The first thing I want to get into quick is <sighs> I'm not exactly sure which episode it was. And, and I might just go ahead and look it up right now because i do have podcasts on my uh on my itunes i do have have the podcast on my itunes on this and there's a chance that i can find it let me just go to the feed uh damn i don't know which one it was and it's not even showing up that's kind of crazy never mind uh long story short was I did an episode saying that, yo, you really, you really gotta respect the white folks gangster. You gotta respect that gangster. Like, them niggas don't be giving a fuck. When they when they ready, when they ready to do some shit and and just, you know what I mean, nigga, they finna do it. And they really finna get on your ass about it. And what I'm talking about is. The alleged, the alleged mishaps and misconstrued loyalty that was apparently bestowed upon Michael Orr. If you are unaware, Michael Orr, Is an American football player that had a a movie, I guess looking back on it, in hindsight, loosely based. Loosely based. Around his life. True story. Blindside was an amazing movie. It is where I fell in love with Sandra Bullock. In that movie, holy shit, was she giving off nothing but pure sex appeal. That southern fucking accent was doing it for. I mean, it was such a feel-good story. You know, Michael Orr was going through shit, and she brought him in and took him in and bought my man a car. And, you know, Big Mike, he... Saved the son's life in a car accident. They had a little car wreck, you know, nigga won't be in, nigga won't paying attention. Ran into some shit. Got him a tutor because he was just a big old dumb motherfucker. Got him a tutor so he could really go to the school they wanted. Really trying to get him to go to Ole Miss. Had him under all kind of investigations. Is everything going to up and up over here? is what some of the people were asking him. He wasn't sure how to answer it, he was feeling nervous. But when it came down to it, he had to look that woman in the face, a black woman. Might I add? you. Had to look that woman in the face and say, this is my family. And I know they want me to go to Tennessee I know people want me to go to Vanderbilt. God damn it, Nick Saban probably want me to go to motherfucking Roll Tide. But my family got legacy. They got legacy down there in Oxford. It's pride. With the Rebels. God damn it, I'm going, to, I'm going to Ole Miss. And that's what he did. Then the movie dropped. Well, not the movie dropped. The movie did its thing, this and that. And shortly after, shortly after, Michael Orr came out and said, you know, I didn't really like that movie too much. Hmm, what a shocker. Again, I loved it. I thought it was an amazing movie. He didn't appreciate how they portray how they uh, portrayed him. Didn't like the fact. Huh. Didn't like the fact that once again, they made him look like he was just a big old dumb motherfucker didn't know his left foot from his right hand. Didn't like the fact that they made it seem as if they put the game of football in his hands. Wasn't the case. The man was an athlete. Amazing on the football field. a beast on the hardwood i can imagine big old nigga 65 66 maybe taller 250 plus pounds if not if not close to 300 who going to handle that man in the paint not too many of anybody track star probably was an animal in shot put great at discus Just a little behind the scenes in middle school at Cosmos, I came second in the discus throw. Who came first? Big Cam. Big Cam was 6'4, 300 plus pounds. I was 5'10, maybe a buck 40, buck 50, some shit like that. Sometimes it's all about technique, guys. Sometimes it's all about technique. Anyways, you fast forward to today. My man is trying to sue the family. What are they called? The Lories, the Louie family, the Tuies, the Tuies, the Tuies. Let me see. Blindside, Blindside allegations, Blindside controversy. Let me type that in YouTube. See what see what they're talking about. Uh, yes, the Tuies. Now, apparently, when the family told Michael that they was going to adopt him, that's actually not what happened. They unfortunately, when you think about it, think about it. see, that's what makes shit dangerous. That shit really be what makes shit dangerous. Record labels. Just any type of business. When you come down to these contracts, you got to know what, what what the fuck niggas really talking about. I remember when I was uh, doing, uh, I was signing to an indie label. Rapping. It was really just some homies, but they had a label. And they was like, all right, hey, right, we're going to do this. So, yeah, fuck with us. Sign with us. This and that shit, right? So I'm like, yeah, for sure, I'm going to fuck with y'all. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember reading the contract and this word perpetuity was coming up. I ain't never know what it was. I ain't know what it was, this is what it meant, this and that. But in the context of just what it was saying and the kind of things it was saying in the contract, I'm like, all right, let me Google what this means. Shit meant forever. I had to go back to the homies. Hey, what we doing with this? This is, like, crazy. Like, forever? Forever? You owning shit outside of this world? That shit was really in the contract. We want to own your music, your likeness, all this and that shit, for not only on Earth, but in the galaxy. Again. When I mean to tell you, you got to respect white folks gangster. they not playing with you. These weren't white people. These will not white folks that gave me the contract. This was just a template contract that niggas got up. Oh, let me, let's do this and that, whatever. I bring that all up to say at 17, 18 years old, this family puts a contract in a nigga's face. He thinking everything going to be on the up and up. He thinking he really going to be a family. Come to find out he was just signing over a conservative ship. The same thing that they had Britney Spears on. Saying, oh, she ain't in good health. She ain't in this and that. So we got control of the money and blah, say, blah, Holy shit. Apparently they was doing bad deals in the, in, the, in the guy's name. Matter of fact, let me just click on this and see what they're talking about right quick.
3: Uh, it was a real life story that inspired an Oscar-winning Hollywood hit starring Sandra Bullock. Are you going to protect the family, Michael?
0: Yes, ma'am. Good. See, I don't like that. See, now, granted, even watching the movie, there was there were certain things that was kind of making me just feel away. We still in America. I'm still a nigga. Yeah, I love white hoes. I fuck with all my white homies. I fuck with white people in general. But we still in America, so and and, and 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 it go both ways. They feel they feel how they feel too. They feel how they feel too. So just a little shit like that was even in the movie, even in real time was kind of, but in hindsight, in hindsight, knowing everything was apparently, allegedly, based on lies, bitch, don't be, don't be looking this, don't be looking this nigga in the face talking about is you gonna protect our family. You used just to get him pumped up and motivated for the football team? Y'all ain't even do right by the nigga! Type shit is that? Boy, I'm
4: gonna go have some fun.
3: But now Michael Orr, the former NFL player portrayed in The Blind Side, says it's all based on a lie. In a new lawsuit, Orr says the Chewy family never adopted him and they exploited him for their own benefit. We wanna know. If you would like to become
2: part of this family,
0: they're gonna sit my dog down at the table, y'all. Whole family meeting. Niggas smiling and cheesing and this and that shit. Really thinking it's love. When I tell you, you gotta respect white folks, gangster. 50 Cent Ben said it. Hey, the streets is tough. The streets is rough. Shit, shit, mean, boy. But it ain't nothing like the kind of warfare, excuse me, that's played in corporate America. And if there's one thing that's shown me the same way I felt like House of Cards back in the day kind of opened my eyes to like, damn, is this really how shit going down in D.C.? That shit cutthroat. Like, this how they really getting shit done in D.C.? Like, all this and that? This real life politics right here. This real this some different shit. I've been watching Suits on Netflix. I'm not going to say it's an amazing show. I'm not even going to say it's phenomenal, but I will say it's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh and them corporate lawyers, they not playing. If it's one thing watching Seven, eight seasons of that shit, boy, they own it. That they, they 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 own it. So, and that's what I'm seeing here. They was on my boy. Hey, this nigga ain't really got nowhere to stay. He in and out and this and that. Let's we ain't gonna necessarily adopt the young nigga, but worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, he don't pan out. Worst case scenario, he don't pan out to something amazing, and we can just say, all right, I guess it's cool. Maybe we got a lifelong friend in the big nigga. Or we can cut ties with the motherfucker. Maybe he did some foul shit, whatever the case, we don't want to fuck with him no more. Or with big risk comes great reward. This nigga really might make it to the lead. This nigga really might make it to the lead. He really might start touching some paper. We might be able to, you know what I mean? Kind of thought I already was.
3: (laughs) The petition alleges that...
0: Wow. Wow. Now that hits different. That is different. Talk about some motherfucking foreshadowing. I thought I already was a part of the family. (sighs) Talk about a wake-up call.
3: Twoies have falsely and publicly represented themselves as the adoptive parents of Michael. Instead, Orr says, the couple tricked him in 2004, less than three months after he turned 18 into signing a document that made Sean and Lee Antui his conservators, giving them full control over any of his contracts, but not legally making him a part of their family. It's a lie, Orr says he discovered to his chagrin and embarrassment just six months ago.
4: Conservatorships take away an adult's right to make their own decisions.
0: That's sick, bro. That's truly sick, bro. Like what could be what could be their real reason for even want like what what just like I don't I don't understand. I just don't even understand like why would you even want to do that? I mean, I I mean I just told you why I think they would want to do it. I'm thinking about like what excuse? What just even like what did was the nigga really a retard? <laughs> Like, they must have really thought the nigga was, he really might have been slow. Now, he said he wasn't retarded. Nigga really might have been retarded. He really might have been slow as all outdoors. those. Because why would y'all just want to, he grown? What does it like? How much did y'all, how much did y'all really invest in, bro? Like I said, in the movie, y'all bought, bro, a truck. Gave him a bed to sleep in. Damn, how much payback y'all niggas supposed to get? That's crazy. I ain't gonna stay on this too much longer. That
3: power, or alleges, the Chewys negotiated the movie deal for the blind side. And as the 2009 film earned more than $300 million, or...
0: And it deserved it. Damn good movie, man.
3: Claims the family profited and he received nothing. In an interview with the Daily Memphian, Sean Tuohy Sr. says the family is devastated by the allegations and didn't make any money
0: off the movie. Nigga, fuck if you made money off the movie. Y'all didn't adopt him. (laughs) Whole time bro thought he was. And I don't know bro's background too much. From the movie, I don't think his pops was around. His mama was. You know, she it looked like she was off the shits a little bit. He was just really in turmoil. Uh I think I I think in real life, Cub was just bouncing around foster homes and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, it's just like, damn though. Like, <laughs> how y'all gonna bring the nigga in? How y'all gonna bring the nigga in and then just be like, nah. Like, we fuck with you, but really make your big black ass a part of our family? Like, for real, for real? Like, legit? Like, if shit go really fucked up with our bloodline, something happen, and now our kids, well, we got to bust some shit down with your big black ass because we adopted you 18 years into your life? Nah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We fuck with you, but when it come to insurance policies and beneficiaries and writing in the will and all this and that, my nigga, you got a cap, you got a ceiling. So we just gonna make sure that all your business. We gonna don't worry. We gonna take care of all that don't even worry about it
3: we also said that the conservatorship was a route to helping secure Orr's eligibility to play college football saying lawyers advised we couldn't adopt over the age of 18. the only thing we could do was to have a conservatorship i want whatever michael wants Tui said monday if he'd have said i don't want to be a part of this family anymore we'd have been very upset but we absolutely would have done it his son sean jr told barstool radio his family had discussed the arrangement
0: if he says he learned that in February, I find that hard to believe. You find it hard to believe, or is it really the truth? What's really going on? Shout out Dave Portnoy. I like that he interview him, cause you know Dave Portnoy, he don't give a fuck. That nigga get on ABC, Good Morning America and, and, and drop the N word. Yeah, that's a real deal white boy right there. I like that. I like that. There things back in 2020, 2021 that they were like, you know, if you guys give me this much then I won't go public with things oh oh all right so he trying to back niggas up against the wall he trying to back niggas up against the wall like but that's what i'm saying because the the truth of the matter is it still feel wrong like what you mean bro couldn't be eligible to go to college because he did man they've been signing niggas out the hood for all kind of shit like what the fuck? If he 18, what does he need parents? Does he need legal guardians to accept a scholarship offer? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just asking. Like, is that the case? Like, what the fuck?
4: Boy, this whole story is such a bummer even to hear it, uh, Kaylee. So what's the next step here? So
3: Michael Orr has asked this Tennessee court to end the conservatorship and prohibit the Tuohys from using his name and likeness anymore. He also wants the family to account for any profits that they have made related to him, which could mean they'd need to submit records like contracts and emails to the court. And if the court finds the Tuohys responsible for any misconduct, they could be required to pay punitive damages. So the Tuohy family attorney told ESPN the family would file a legal response to these allegations in the coming weeks. But Sean Jr. told Barstool Radio, this lawsuit won't change his love for Michael Orr.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know, it's sad it's sad to see, man. It, you you really hate to see some shit like that cuz from 18, broden been in broden been in and out the league, won a Super Bowl, like they really they probably really got ties together. I'm sure he if he's married, I'm sure they was in his wedding and all this and that shit, like at the end of the day, you really hate to see it. you really hate to see it go down like that. You really hate to see it go down like that. Damn, I probably spent way longer on that than I than I really wanted to. But um Yeah, you hate yeah, you hate to see it go down like that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the motherfucking day, if it come back, that them goddamn toys was out here, you know what I'm saying, mm, giving niggas giving niggas the run once again, goddammit, y'all we gotta start respecting white folks gangster. And speaking of white folk, I don't like how the Breakfast Club tried to do my boy Larry Elder. Let me go ahead and pull that shit up, too. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Larry Elder, nigga, wake up. Because um, the Breakfast Club, they was really kind of tripping with that. They was really kind of tripping with that. Hold up. Let me, here we go. Trying to find goddamn um. Hey guys. Ah, oh, hell here. Alright, whatever. So, anyways, guys, I'll get right to it. I hate that I can't just see fucking everybody got goddamn reaction videos. You can never just find what the hell you're looking for on uh, in in fucking uh on fucking YouTube. Cause everybody got a goddamn reaction video to shit. Um so the Breakfast Club Dinner interview with uh uh, a guy named a guy named Larry Elder. He's a black man. I want to say he's from. I want to say he's from California. Um he's running for uh, he ran for he ran for he ran for governor. He ran for governor in California before he didn't he didn't get it. This and that shit. He's just a stronghold Republican. He's a stronghold Republican. He loves goddamn uh Trump and this and that shit. So the breakfast club, he comes in, he's coming in, he's coming to the breakfast club, trying to do, you know, just his regular little promotion, this and that, you know, the breakfast club has been doing that. They have had plenty of politicians on. That's kind of just where Charlemagne has been at with it. Um, you know, over the last, over the last few years, had Hillary up there, had Joe Biden up there, had just a, a, a gang of politicians and shit up there. Right. And what one of the things, and this really kind of like, and and I'll be honest, I haven't watched the Breakfast Club. I haven't watched the Breakfast Club uh, consistently since. If it's 2023, I'd probably say the last time I was really, really like just clocking in on the Breakfast Club, it might have been 2016. It might have been 2016. I can remember. You know, back in the day, early Breakfast Club days, where nigga, I'm I'm talking to y'all, just like, come on, we already know what it was. The Breakfast Club was too fucking lit, nigga. It was too fucking lit. Like it was, it was just beyond. It was just beyond dope, bro. Funny, entertaining as shit. Um, but with Charlemagne growing, getting into his it, just, just maturing evolving uh getting into his mental health bag you know what i'm saying which i've always loved i've always admired that appreciated that you know what i'm saying um and i seen something the other day that kind of made me think like huh it's like it's the conversation It's the and i and i promise you i will not i will not go on a deep dive on this but i will just throw a quick tangent out to think about it Uh And when I seen this, this is not what it said, but it just kind of makes me think about it like, damn. They were saying like, is the mental health, they weren't saying this, I'm saying this. Is the mental health conversation, again, depending on who you're asking, depending on how niggas feel, this and that, whatever the case may be. Is the mental health conversation in America, even maybe in the black community, but we'll just say in America, period, for real, for real. Yeah, in America. Is that just as harmful as the quote unquote woke movement, is that just as harmful as the LGBTQ movement? Is it just as harmful as Black Lives Matter movement? Again, depending on who you're asking. Depending on who you're asking, I don't know. But I seen that the other day somebody was just talking about man, niggas don't need no motherfucking mental health and going to therapy and all this and that shit like the fuck you need like you crazy so with all that the breakfast club you know uh slowly but surely started to change and this and that and things start a little more pc and whatever whatever the case and then they really started getting into their political realm because that's just where Charlemagne was going um so they bring larry elder up here and from the very just from out the gate bro the breakfast club was just like it really felt like it was just an ambush they from from every angle it seemed like they really just wanted to get on this nigga Larry Elder's ass like they like that's just like they wanted to get on this nigga Larry Elder's ass they got charlemagne and envy in studio um and this other woman uh also you know, in on the interview, but she was through Zoom and shit like that. And it just seemed like it just seemed like it, it, it was not fair from from the gate. You know what I'm saying? And, and I have no problem disagreeing with, I have no problem whatsoever disagreeing with Larry Elder and niggas just feeling how they feel about shit and this and that. Like, I'll give you a little backstory here. I had no idea who this nigga Larry Elder was forever and when i say forever what i'm really talking about is the first radio station i worked at was was this place called salem media group and it was it was like a conservative christian kind of uh talk show it was definitely a conservative uh it was a conservative am am show but i think they had i think the fm i think the fm side of the station was just like mainly uh christian music and this and that and and things of that nature right so when i used to work the overnights and stuff like that you know just putting in the the different uh commercials and promos and stuff like that you know i'd put in i'd put in larry elder again i'm just putting in i'm just putting in promos i don't know who these people are i'm working from 12 to 6 from 12 to 3 is just regular programming i'm I'm making sure shit is right on station 89. I'm making sure shit is right on station 87. I'm running two, I'm running two stations by myself. Now granted, they were pretty much automatic, but I'm just running, I'm just keeping shit cool. So, y'all know how I was giving up. I was recording podcasts and shit like a motherfucker at work. Uh, but towards towards my last few months or whatever the case I I started doing video. I started doing video for Larry Elder. And I was like, oh shit, this is Larry Elder. Larry Elder's a black guy. I I didn't know that. Like, oh shit, okay, it's a black dude. And I can remember being on working on a couple of his shows, being in the office down the hall. You know what I'm saying? Just running a little running a little tricon and this and that shit. I really miss running that tricon. actually I wish I had one for my podcast. Uh one day I'm gonna get one. because That shit's lit. Uh, and I can remember one time just like listening to his show and this and that and I'm knowing who the audience is for this show like the show is mainly just white folk like again it's a conservative radio station in fucking LA like I'm the shit is probably syndicated and broadcasted you know nationwide but uh is as liberal as motherfuckers like to claim LA is, let me tell you. In my opinion, is one of the most racist places I've ever been, one of the most prejudiced places I've ever been. But I can tell you a place that for damn sure is conservative. And that's the and that's the neighboring town. That's the neighboring town right below LA. I'm talking about the Orange County. You get your ass down there in the Huntington Beach, Newport and shit like that, boy trust me if you grew up in the south it's an energy that you it's an energy that you will for surely recognize um so i i remember just kind of listening to larry and this and that shit and i'm just like damn when when bro is saying this shit like what's what's really his end goal like is he just trying to like cape for white folk and say all the shit that white folk want to hear or is he really speaking like some just some harsh truth that that black folks should hear and this and that shit because again as a black person i'm listening to it and all i'm thinking about is like man he just saying everything that white folk want to hear and this and like i'm just kind of in my feelings about it for real for real you know um and i just remember thinking like i really just wanted to ask him one day just after a shot like and i didn't i didn't do it but i really just want like yo like like when you be on your station and you saying the stuff that you be saying and this and that, like, like who who are you trying to reach for real? For real? Maybe that's what I was thinking. Like, who are you really trying to reach? Who are you really trying to connect with when you say this stuff? Like, are you are you saying this stuff because you want to connect and reach the white folk? Or are you saying this stuff because you feel like this is something that niggas really should hear? Black folk really should be listening to, and whatever the case. Like, I don't know. Um, so with that, that was my introduction to larry elder that was my introduction with to, with larry elder so him being on the breakfast club i'm already kind of knowing his stance and this and that shit so the breakfast club is really just on this nigga like they just on him. matter and, and the part i want to get to let me see if i can find it right quick
1: yeah. whoops i know i know you probably gotta go up uh, <coughs> have you ever heard of the term a uh, nigga wake up call no it is an incident where a person of color forgets that they are of color and are reminded rather brutally by an unexpected act of racism. Old have you ever brother, had any of those? Oh, brother. I'm just
2: asking. I'm just, you think you've ever well, had of Well, I'm needles? acutely
1: aware, Charlemagne, that I'm a black person, just as you are a black person. And when uh, Joe Biden insulted you by saying, mm-hmm. you ain't really black, we don't know whether or not you want to vote for me or vote for Donald Trump, uh, it seems to me that should have been a wake-up call on your part. How dare this guy come in here and insult you, a black man, and tell you you got to think a certain kind of way. I'm amazed that you weren't mad about that. Um, I didn't, I'm not going to say it upset me. just like I'm not letting you upset me. You know what I mean? I don't tend to get upset over things like well, that. But what I did say— Well, well you just not talk not about a, about a nigger wake-up call, and it seemed to me that that should have been a wake-up call on your part to have that a white part. guy come in here who also said, by the way, uh, uh, about Mitt Romney— um, uh, because he didn't want to put more regulations on Wall Street, He's going to put y'all back in chains. And Joe Biden has lied for decades about his civil rights record, claiming that he desegregated movie theaters and restaurants in, in Wilmington, Delaware, when he didn't any didn't do any of that. He lied and said that he tried to visit Nelson Mandela during apartheid South Africa. That he part. Did not. And he came in here and told you you aren't even black unless you think a certain kind of way. It seems to me that should have been a nigga wake up call for you, but it wasn't. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, no, for the record, I'm not a Democrat, or Republican. I, I, I think, didn't say I, you were. Yeah, I think both. I don't know what trash. you are. I, I never yeah, even I, asked you about your party affiliation. Yeah, I'm it. just saying, but you are black, Absolutely. and and to have a white guy come in here and tell you you have to say, uh, think a certain kind of way, otherwise you quote. Ain't black. Wow. How should I have replied to him, you think? What I just now said, how dare you insult me and tell me I, I think as, as a human being, let alone as a black person? I don't that part.
0: So am I recording? Yeah, I'm still recording. Okay, my fault. Um, but anyways, that was a part of, of watching this interview, and this was probably about 40 minutes into the interview or so. But when they got to that part. I really was like, man, talk to these niggas, Larry. And again, I don't give a fuck about this nigga Larry Elder. Like I said, my introduction to him, I was thinking like, yo, bro, like, what the fuck, bro, really on this and that shit? You know what I mean? But again, how the interview was going, the whole entire interview, like, it just really felt like a hit piece. You know what I'm saying? So when he brought that part up, I was just like, yo, and that's the real because in this day and age we love to hate on the internet we love to front like we care about it like i said like i said on that one pot like we love to care about shit we don't give a fuck about like that's just that's just what it is so i ain't never cared about no cancel culture i ain't never like i don't be caring about shit for real for real but if there's one person that I pulled my card out to say, well, you know what? I hate this motherfucker. It's Joe Biden. And it's for that very thing. That shit had me so hot. I couldn't believe that shit. Who do you think you are? You, Joe Biden, of all white people. I don't think, I don't know what white person, honestly, got the credibility or the cachet to get on a black-ass platform like the like the Breakfast Club and say some shit like that. Hey, I don't think it's anybody, but of all people, Joe Biden, you you thought you could say that? Like, who made him so comfortable? What type of comfortability did he really have in that studio to think I'm fitting to say this? This is what I'm going to say to connect to black folk. This is the kind of shit that, like, the the mind games right there. He trying to play some some Jedi shit. And again, I'm not mad at niggas voting for like I don't niggas wanna vote for Trump, niggas wanna vote for Joe Biden, I voted for yay. I voted for yay. So I was like, miss me with all the bullshit to begin with. I'm voting for yay. You think you're gonna really get up there? on a black platform and tell black folk how we should think. And if we don't think a certain way, we ain't who the fuck do you think you are? I couldn't believe Charlamagne let him get that shit off. Charlamagne talking about some, well, I I will, you know, I ain't going to let him upset me. Just like, I'm not letting you upset me and all like, nigga, of course you not letting Larry Elder upset you. Cause from the moment he walked in, your mind was already made. And that's cool y'all see shit different but in my opinion I just really felt like I just really felt like especially for Charlemagne I just felt like he really could have been I expected him to be a little more unbiased, a little more fair in in the way he went about that interview. You know what I'm saying? And for Larry to bring that up, and the only thing Charlemagne ended up saying it was at the end of the clip. I, I could have played it, but he was just saying, "Yeah." The only thing I was really thinking about was, you know, what are you gonna do for black people, and are you gonna atone for the shit that you've done to black people in your past, nigga? When him saying some shit like that, does it sound like he finna atone? Does that sound like the type of white, the type of white nigga? that that's just gonna really feel like oh let me just kind of do right by black folk because i was tripping back in the day and i was on some shit hell no hell no that shit had me hot that shit had me hot and here's another thing now here i'm gonna play another clip for y'all too and and if you don't like the clips i do apologize uh and some of these clips are a little lengthy this one's damn near two minutes i might not play the whole joint but I remember talking on uh, on Clubhouse one night and we was just kind of having a conversation and this and that shit, right? Kind of along the lines of this, but not really. And I just remember kind of telling niggas like, you know, could we just talking about being in America and the systematic shit, systematic racism and all this and that and whatever the case and and blah, blah. blah. And I just remember telling niggas like, look, I'm listening to y'all talk, and I'm listening. And I feel niggas, like I feel niggas. I feel niggas to to the to the to the death. Like the only thing I can't relate to niggas on is project living and and, and game banging and shit like that. That's the only thing I can't. That's the only thing I can't relate to niggas on. But when it comes to just being black and having a perspective of a black person in America, nigga, when I mean to tell you, I feel you. I feel niggas. Yeah, it ain't. I can fuck all the white hoes in the world and all this and that. Ain't nobody finna tell me, nigga. I nigga, I'm I'm true to this shit. I'm true to this nigga shit. (laughs) Let me just tell you. So I was telling niggas like, yo, if niggas want to just say, yo, in America, black folk, we we set, we set in stone for doom. It ain't go. We ain't got no hope. And shit just gonna be what it is, and always gonna be what it is. Then I, right, I'm gonna rock with you. I ain't got no problem. Why wa- you ain't got no problem? Dusting off my shoulders, dusting off my shirt, wiping off my hands. Hey, it is what it is. But if we not, but if we gonna keep on saying, oh, niggas can do this and niggas can, and, and we need this and that then at some point we just gotta be a change to some some degree, to some level, we gotta start holding us accountable. We can't keep running around acting like like we just can't do no wrong. We be out here doing wrong. We be out here doing wrong. And if it's by design, then it's by design. But if we aware of it, then shit. Can we change it? Can we not? And and, and this next clip kind of, it kind of went into that. And it made me just think like, well, damn, if this is the case, if we're going to keep talking about it in this term and, 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 and in this kind of context and shit, what the fuck we keep talking for? What we really having conversations for then?
1: Is this why you don't like talking to black women, Larry Elder? Wow. Um, ba- <laughs> and let me just say, uh, shorty was. No, no, no. Uh... <laughs>
4: that's mayors. I'm not talking, I said system. I'm Remember going to like tell you system. about
1: this system if you allow me to finish my point. I'm
4: not talking about somebody elected and doing a job, sir. I asked what system did we create? What financial okay, system did we create? Okay, let's talk about the system of one yeah, of the him, largest. Thank point, you. Then.
1: One of the systems of one of the largest uh, uh, cities in America, Baltimore. Uh, Freddie Gray died in police custody a few years ago. Uh, the mayor was black. The head of the police department was black. Number two. Uh, it's not person, in
4: charge of the system, but go ahead. Number
1: two person in charge of the police department was black.
0: Shorty was on another, and, and I'm sorry to, uh, to stop the clip, but I just want to say, Shorty right here, she, she annoying, bro. And, I, and I'm and i sure I probably shouldn't say that as a black woman. You know, oh, and the black woman just. But I'm just saying. I seen her on another interview a couple weeks ago. Again, I'm not mad at motherfuckers disagreeing and this and that, but it's like, why can't we just go away about it? Like, you bringing somebody on as a guest, Really show them some love. How you going to invite somebody into your house and still be an asshole to them? It's like, damn, my nigga, if you ain't want me here, what the fuck you asked me to come over for? Shit. Okay. Maybe I walked in the house and ain't take my shoes off. I ain't realize that's how you was giving it up. But now that I know that's how you giving it up, for sure. But you ain't got to curse me out and go all crazy over it. I ain't know. Where the compassion? Give me some Grace. I'm a guest. She don't be giving motherfuckers grace. She be on motherfuckers head. She a bulldog for real.
1: All the the city council, Democrats, majority black.
4: Still
1: not in charge of the system. Wow. Six six officers charged. Three of them were black. A judge before whom two of the officers tried their case, found him not guilty, was black. Still Uh, not in charge of the the, system. The the, uh, city uh, uh, superintendent of public schools was black. The county superintendent of public schools was black. Uh, the Attorney General at the time, Loretta Lynch, is black, as was the President of the United States, was black. And yet, Still not many in people...
4: charge of the system. So I asked you some questions, well, well,
1: sir. Well, Rhonda Sykes said uh, when, when, uh, when Barack Obama got elected how are you going to complain about the man when you are the man? Now, from the president, to the attorney general, to the state attorney, uh, to the mayor, to the head of the police department, uh, to the commission of the schools in the city and in the county, uh, to the majority of city council in that city, all of them are black. And you're still saying that we don't run anything? So who's in charge of the no, system?
4: No, no, no. I, I said who created the system. I didn't say we didn't run anything. I, I challenged a lot of those black leaders, by the way. I said who, when we talk about the system, who, what black people have been in charge of any system. I'm not talking about a position. I'm not talking about a mayor. You know. Oh, so you're
2: I'm you're, you're basically L. saying L.
1: that they are so, black faces that are still in so, 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 but they're so, still Correct. A Similar to you, Mr. Elder. So, you're so, a
4: black face in, in a position the conservative movement they're they're just the same
0: they're just on the other side i'm talking so about then, so then so, then so then so then when martin the king the level of conda what what is it condescension these niggas is just very condescending to it to, to this nigga again i understand disagreeing and this and that but it's like holy fuck is this a way to really just conduct an interview like I don't know, man. I just I just have higher expectations for the Breakfast Club, and this shit just wasn't. Like, you can't even let the man talk. Let the man talk. In 1966,
1: I believe there could be a black president uh, in about 40 years' time. Then it really doesn't matter if there's one or isn't no, yeah, one. It, nothing it, nothing it, changes. He, he was, was not well, him as well. The,
4: well, we know that the FBI and the CIA also killed him. That system. You mm-hmm. realize that, correct? Wow.
1: An individual killed
4: him. Right. That was also part of Crowbook.
0: So, again, Bro just went through and named off a whole city, Baltimore, where there's just mad black heads that are in charge. So my thing is, if black folk, to her point, if black folk didn't create the system, but it's just people in charge of the system, like, I guess I'm wondering what change in in America do we really feel like can't really happen if the system is the system like think about it how many systems really ever get broken down you got a system in your phone now it's software it's hardware this and that but it's a system for a reason it is it goes how it goes you got a system on your fucking laptop you air you got to update systems but the system be the system Think about sports. That's like back home, Salem High School. Them niggas stay winning championships. Like they've been ill since I can since for as long as I can remember. They still ill. Last time I was home, talking to my talking to my boy AJ, Salem still out here putting up numbers. They still bringing in championships. Every few years, if they not doing it repeats and shit like that, like them niggas got a system and that bitch worked. Ain't nobody who ain't nobody finna break that system. Nobody finna break that system. It works. Northside, up until my senior year, really up until my junior year. From 01 to 2009, nigga, we had a system. And that system was built to lose. I'm talking trash. I'm talking winning at best four games a season. At best. And for a long time, nigga, for a lot of them seasons, nigga, we was two and eight, one and nine. We might be body tied, we might be bird. After that, we getting our asses whooped. My senior year, nigga, we, we fucked around and figured that shit out. We won. We brought the trophy home, the first one in the county. First one in Roanoke County. We brought that bitch home. Two years later, brought another one home. I don't think we won one since. But we figured some shit out. For them, for, for them couple of years, nigga, we had the players and we had the system to work nigga basketball coach pope been there for years yeah pretty good teams this and that shit but he finally figured something out and i want to say in the past five years i think pope won two championships got his name on got his name on the wall bill pope gymnasium figured out the system If America is founded on racism, we still got systemic racism, what could ever change it? Who are the people that we like, if 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 the black folk that are in the system are just black faces, they just black faces in the system, then whoever who supposed to change it? What white person is going to what white person is going to look at a black person that that thinks, you know what? Them niggas right here, this 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 nigga right here, he really for his people. He really for his people. If we put him in a in a position of power, he really going to do the right thing by his people and, and make sure that his people is doing good. If America don't want that and if that's what we talking about sy- sy- systemic racism and shit like that, and, and that's the DNA of America, and I feel like there's a lot. I feel like there's racism. I feel like DNA that or America's uh, DNA is racism. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it is, or maybe it's classism. Maybe maybe racism is just that's just the the smoking gun. You know what I'm saying? Or the smoking mirrors. And classism is really is really the thing. Maybe that's what it is. But in America, we we definitely we definitely got a lot of that, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think we got a lot of that. Um, but if that's the case, then what's going to change then? What the fuck supposed to change? We had a black president. Was he just a black face like 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 Larry was saying? Okay, we had a black. We, we acting like we ain't never had a. We all over here talking about systemic racism and all this and that shit. We act, y'all acting like President Obama never got elected and reelected. Like he ain't spent eight years in that hole. That be my question. My my question be, well, if everything is what it is, then what the fuck we still talking for? As black folk, what we just, like, is that the only thing that's been keeping us alive for all these years? We just been running off hope. We just been naively just taking whatever is given to us, good or bad, but knowing that we really ain't got no real power, knowing that we'll never really ever be able to make the kind of difference that we need knowing that America really ain't never going to do right by us. Is, is, Is that what we own? Is that what we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. You know what I'm saying? Um, and speaking of black folk and doing wrong, this and that, you know, I forgot what it was that I was looking at that made me think of this. It was something on TikTok talking about hip-hop and shit like that. And it just made me think, like, you know, when you look at rap now, a bunch of drill music, you go, like I said, I've been complaining about the clubs. I don't even go to the clubs. I'm complaining about the clubs. But I've been in the clubs long enough, and I know what, I and and I seen it. Like I said, I, I seen the switch. I seen the switch uh, from 20, from 2014, really kind of 2015 to 2020. Because after the pandemic, I really stopped kind of really like just going to the clubs for real, for real, for real, for real. I just pop out here and there. um, But when you think about the temperament of hip hop now with all this drill music and murder music and the Dirks of the world going crazies, the finesse two times of the world going crazy, the in future ain't necessarily on that murder shit, but he on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Even, even dreams and nightmare, a fucking, uh goddamn Negro spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that shit. I love that shit. But as I get older, I kind of hate when that one part come up. If you ain't about that murder game, then pussy nigga shut up. Like, at 32, and I always—I mean, I always kind of felt like whatever about that line. But as I get older and just really seeing how shit is going right now, it's just like, damn! It's almost like I can remember growing. I remember telling my dad this on on Father's Day. I'm just really showing my nigga love and this and that. How much I appreciate him, whatever the case. But this was just one of the moments of just from my perspective of just like one of the small things of just like. Of me just thinking like, damn, Pop's a good dude. And I was just like, pops, you probably don't even remember this. And I said, it ain't nothing crazy. It was really just something small. But I'm like, I can remember one day when we, when we was just riding around back when you had your little, when you had the Ranger. And we was just riding around and we was listening to Jaheim. And uh, the song uh, Me and My Bitch. What a great song. Amazing song. And I remember we was just listening to it and... And I don't know why my pop said it. I don't know if he said it because I was in the car. I don't know why he said it, but I just remember him saying, "Like, damn, this would be such a great song. This would be this song would be so much better if he didn't say bitch." You know what I'm saying? And I just always remembered that, and it just kind of just and it just kind of made me think because I was probably even thinking like I even thought to myself like, "Damn, like you right, pops?" Like. I ain't. It ain't making the song worse for me, for real, for real. But if anything, and like me and my pops were saying all, when we was talking about it, if just like if anything, it's just almost kind of like unnecessary. Like, like it's just it, is it is it really was it really necessary? Was it really necessary to say that? You know, and I was just like, you know, that right there, it just kind of showed me of like, oh, pops really fuck with women. Like, he really got respect for the hoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, I ain't saying my my, my pops is perfect, this and that. I'm sure he was player, player, this and that. Ain't no tell. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying. In that moment, that just made me, it just made me realize of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you should have respect for women. You shouldn't just be calling women's bitches in their face and all kind of shit like that, whatever the case, like. My pops ain't do it, so I ain't going to do it. This and that, whatever the case. So that's how I feel about the about uh, Meek Mill. So anyways, I say all that to say, whatever it was that I seen on TikTok, it made me think about, like, because it was talking about the women in, in, in hip-hop now. And I'm just like, you know, how how can we, how can we truly expect black women to be better examples in hip-hop? if men fell for the bullshit on our side like what makes us think black women could truly do any better what would make meg the stallion ice spice sexy red Sukiana, foxy brown lil kim all this and that, like, the city girls, they talking about, you know, nowadays the females, they pre- they be uh, promoting prostitution rap. They be promoting horror rap and all this and that shit, whatever the case. But it's like, well, why wouldn't they? Why would they not? As black men in rap, all we've ever promoted was violence. All we've ever promoted was drugs. All we've ever promoted was the worst parts, even if that's the re- even if that's the most realistic parts. But it's still the worst parts of, of hood and black culture, hip hop culture. What the fuck could really make us think? they not gonna go for what they know works the easy way out because we all know that's the easy way out like me if i really want to just go crazy like if i was like i just woke up tomorrow like man I'm, i gotta rap like i gotta make this shit click by any means necessary now it might be it might be over to go to gay route I don't think that's that ain't really gonna stir up shit no more. For real, for real, I don't think. Not in 2023. It might still turn a few heads, this and that, maybe depending on how you you getting it done, whatever the case. But the real way is to go with the other G word, and that's gangster. If I start talking all kind of gangster shit and I can really figure this shit out, like really make this shit sound good and authentic, get me some visuals going, Nigga, in a year's time, I'm going to have a buzz bigger than I've ever had in my life. It's going to go up. Easy. It's going to go up. Too fucking easy. Drugs. I'm going to holler at my brother. We're going to have shit all over. We're going to pounce and shit all over the fucking, like, it's going to be, it, 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 it would be everything that it need to be. Same with the hoes. You out here. All you got to do is just be a sex symbol. That's all you got to do. Be a sex symbol. Show your ass, show your pussy. I was just watching something the other day. Uh, it was the Axe stream, actually. It was talking about Glorilla, and he was like, whoever's handling Glorilla, he said, let me just give y'all just a slight warning. Just, Just from my perspective, just a little advice that I think could be something worth maybe considering. We don't want to see all this sexy shit from Glorilla. Glorilla out here taking pictures, you know, pussy open and all this and that, trying to do the little kimpos and all and whatever the case may be. Yo, we fuck with Glorilla outside of the sex, in a, in, in a, in a, come on, dog, in a time like today. Glorilla is 130 pounds, if that. Really, if that. Bro, her sex appeal, we ain't, we, that ain't, she can't, she can't even sell that to us. That's the reason why, that's the reason why fucking Coyle Ray ain't moving units. Yeah, she got shit going on in TikTok and all this and that and blah, 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 but she always somewhere talking about how she do got a little ass and she got cakes and she trying to, baby, it's cool and I think Coyle Ray, I think Coyle Ray look good as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you, me personally, especially now with her little pixie cut, got her braces off. Oof, in my opinion, Coyle Ray, she she is she is sexy. I can't lie. I think, I think she is she just she just as pretty as she can be. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you, doggy. Um. But come on, girl. Do we really give a fuck about your little, your little skinny ass? Hell, no. Nah, we ain't thinking about your little skinny ass in that way. We ain't thinking about. We 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 see your skinny ass. We thinking about breaking you. Niggas look at Cora Ray and just think, man. You know it to be dope about hitting her. I can just pick her up, go crazy against, uh, go crazy on her against the wall, some shit like that. Hey, all these bitches out here, these fat assholes out here with these BBLs, honey and goddamn. 80 pounds, 190 pounds, all this net, 160 pounds, shit like that. Jesus Christ, let's not even get into the bitches. that's 200 plus. Ain't nobody thinking about picking your big ass up. We only think about hitting your ass from the back. This and that. You know what I'm saying? Uh so yeah, you know, again, so it just makes me think. Again, back to just how black folk like that's just where our that's just where we be at mentally. Like, how could what? how can we really expect for shit to be better? If black men not doing better, if we can't hold ourselves accountable, how are we supposed to really look at black women and, and think they supposed to do something different? Of course not. All they gonna say is, well, the men been doing this, the men been, call, been calling us bitches and hoes for the last 20 and 30 years they been over-sexualizing us, putting us in the videos and having our asses out and this and that shit. So, yes, now we front and center on the stage. And since that shit always worked, nigga, we just going to bring it over here for our image. And that shit going to work still. It's going to work. Again, it just makes me wonder, how can we really expect what do we... That's almost with America. And... And that might be a a whole nother can of worms, That again, that maybe I ain't got the, the knowledge to really go in depth on. Maybe I'm just talking crazy, sounding stupid right now. But how the fuck can we really expect America, America to look at black folk in a different light if we can't even look ourselves in a different light? If every time that we even think about trying to hold ourselves accountable, we damn near get to talking about, we damn near sound like women. Anytime you anytime you get on women about what they on, what they always bring up, well, well men do this. Men, anytime you talk to niggas about what niggas be on and all this and that, well, the white man, the system, whether it's true or not, but what can we do as the subject, as the topic? What is it that we can do just for consideration that could possibly change the way that we move? If it's nothing, then it's nothing. All right. I hate it, gotta come to that. I hate it sound like that, but maybe that's just what it is. I don't know. So, with that being said, let me get to my last topic. Y'all. I don't think I want to live in America no more. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you, doggy. And it's funny because we was in the group chat the other day. I think my nigga, I think, I think, I think my nigga, uh, OG. I think he had brought it up about wanting to move out the country or some shit like that. And I was just like, you know what's crazy? I was literally just talking about that, or or, or I was literally just looking up places I would want to move to like the night before and then the next day my boy ron shout out my nigga ron i met him when i was doing door-to-door sales that was a that, shout out my nigga ron <laughs> i fuck with i fuck with my nigga man uh i brought i brought that up i brought that up and he said the same damn thing he said the same damn thing of just like yo I think I'm trying to get up out of here. And he was like, yo, for real, you on that shit too? I'm like, bro, America is just too much. I even brought it up to my mom. She was like, yo, I'm on the same type of time. And my mom, she really been in it. She's like, she already got places she wants, she's looking at. I think she said she either want to fuck with Costa Rica or, or, or Panama. One of them two and then portugal and she was like she was like I'm fuck she was like whoever she was like whoever gives me whoever gives me the easiest time like whichever one it lets me get in with with really no hassle that's where I'm going so I already been looking into it what I got to do, the requirements, whether I got to invest in a certain company, whether I got to put up a certain amount of money up front or some shit like that, like, this is how I'm getting it. Because she was like, we both, I was like, yo, America, we just lost, bro. Our politics suck, back to the goddamn, back to the Breakfast Club interview, niggas can't even have a conversation. Bro couldn't even get his point out without fucking being talked. We don't, we just in a state of just, we just, we just on go in America right now. We just, everybody is on edge. Everybody is on edge. Our, our politics suck. Our culture sucks. Again, and I, again, guys, what I mean to tell you, I ain't got nothing against the LGBT community. Do your motherfucking thing. i fuck with you, dog. i fuck with you, dog. But to the point of, damn, y'all really over here letting little niggas play in sports with women, with little girls? Y'all niggas really think that shit cool? Y'all really defending this shit? That shit ain't cool? Niggas out here losing jobs and might be getting sued because of pronouns and goofy shit like that? Man, that shit, Man, come the fuck, what we really doing out here? Crime crazy. In California, again, like like they were saying on the motherfucking interview, niggas doing all kind of run-ins, smashing grabs in the, in the goddamn stores and shit like that. Homelessness and shit fucked up in California. And it's like, we really running shit into the ground. Cost of living high as a bitch. Housing prices that went up 100 and 200% in three years. No, this shit ain't ever going back down gas never going back down as black folk in america you know how you let it if you let motherfuckers tell it everybody that could be in a position ain't ain't for us all the all the all the skin folk that's in a position really ain't your kin folk they just black faces they just figureheads so clearly we ain't never clearly we ain't never gonna get no what it sound like to me? At least not in my lifetime. We seen how long it took for slavery, this and that. So what? The shit niggas talking about now. The shit we hoping for now. All this and that. What? Two years? I mean, I mean, two hundred years. We uh, we got to get a whole bunch of mo- uh, a whole bunch of more mixed kids. Like mixed kids really got to run the nation. They got to be the for show predominant race not black, not white, not hispanic, but biracial, is that the only way that America you know what I'm saying? Nigga no. I don't know. I don't know but I I think I want to slide, man. And I've been thinking about it like, bro, what like what can I do? What can I do to really fucking to really set myself up? What kind of global skills What, what global, what, what's a global skill? Is it it? Do I really need to just stop being a bitch and, and, and and really, really learn this fucking sales and shit like that? Because it seemed like America going downhill and that bitch going downhill fast. Do I want to be stuck? I think I want to go somewhere else. I don't know. I was looking at I was looking at Brazil. Nigga the whole South America, they be giving it up. Crime rates be kind of crazy. Now, granted, I was comparing it to places like Houston, LA, shit like that, and the numbers were kind of the numbers. So maybe it's just like, all right, in certain areas, in certain pockets out there, you know what I'm saying, shit could be tricky. So a nigga, wherever I go, nigga, I, I'm gonna have to learn the goddamn language. I was looking at, I was looking in Brazil, fucking Colombia. I think I looked at Costa Rica. Um, I looked at the DR. Uh, looked at Cuba. Again, guys, even with everything that was fucked up with Cuba, I did like it. And like I was telling my mom, like you know. In Cuba, the your quality of life could be trash, but if you get into it, it might be it might be whatever. You know what I'm saying? If you get into it, so shit. I fuck around and fin- I finesse this goddamn. I get I get I get the shit. Not finesse. I get the, I get what I'm owed. I can get what I deserve from this VA shit. It could be all a nigga need since the cost of living ain't really ain't really much over there. But I'm gonna need to learn my Spanish. But like I told the homies, wherever it would wherever I would decide to go. Safety would be the number one factor. Wherever I'm at, I wanted to really be a fucking shot in the dark that something happened to me because I just wasn't aware. I just wasn't looking over my shoulder. Like I said, when I used to be in LA, going to to break room 86, which, and, and when I think about it, saying I ain't go to clubs a lot, what I didn't, it was black clubs that I didn't go to often. I ain't step out too often much, but when I would step out, I would go to Break Room because it's close. Or I'd go to Apartment 503 because it's close. That was kind of hip-hop, regga- uh, reggaeton shit like that. But Break Room 86, that was that was my little white 80s bar, this and that shit. Like, niggas just in there dancing, having a good time, this and that. It was a dance. Like, it was nice. It was fun. But walking back to the crib, it wasn't nothing but... A few, it won't nothing but a but a few blocks. Like it won't shit, it won't shit. But if I if I if I if I didn't ride a scooter back to the crib, nigga, when I'm walking, every couple steps I'm looking over my shoulder. Why? Cause nigga, I'm in Los Angeles, I'm in Koreatown, and you just never fucking know. In Cuba, nigga, I was feeling safe. I remember telling my mom when, when when we was in Johnny's. Uh telling my mom and, and, and KK, my cousin. Cause I was gonna be in there a little bit longer than they was. So I'm like, look, this is how y'all get home. Come out, Johnny's. When you walk out, make the left. When you get up to the stop sign, make the left, go all the way past the street light, go all the way past the goddamn about uh, past the stoplight and shit like that. And once you get past the stoplight it's going to be your first right or maybe your second right past the stoplight, but you got to go past the stoplight. And I was like, y'all ain't got to worry. And I was like, and trust me. I said, y'all ain't got to worry about, you know, looking over your shoulder, this and that. Like y'all be good. Like you ain't even got to worry about it. Like it's cool over here. It's cool over here. And it was. And when you look at the crime index and shit like that, like I said, comparing the numbers and stuff, it was real. It reflected the feeling I got. And then I had to make sure that it was true. So then I looked at Seoul in Korea. Again, it reflected the feeling. Walking around Korea, nigga, I felt safe. I wasn't tripping about shit. Ain't nobody fucking with you in Korea. Like, you cool. You cool. You ain't got to worry about no bullshit. Ain't nobody on timing. Niggas don't be on timing over there. Niggas don't be on timing in Cuba. It's a lot of places in this world that's on timing. Um... <clears throat> Damn, excuse me, but yeah, guys, I don't know when, where, or how just yet. But like I was telling my mom, I ain't gonna cap. Maybe by thirty six, or maybe by forty, or some shit like that, depending on if I have a family or something already. Like, nigga, I think I might get on. A, I think I might go ahead and get up on uh get on up out of America, cause. I, I'm just not feeling it no more, bro. I'm just not feeling it. Our culture is just, it's just too much. It's too much. I'm really, I'm really just not feeling it. Or maybe I stay in America and just go somewhere out the fucking way. Go to a small town somewhere and who fucking knows where. I don't know. But like I said, honestly, I really got no fuck with Cuba. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Like Cuba was fun. I love the culture. It's nice. The people are friendly. It, it's, it, it's a real sense of co- of community. Again, you got all different kind of shades of Cubans, and everybody fuck with everybody. Like I, like I said, I can remember being at the market, just seeing some of the little kids play with each other, and it's just like when you just look at them, and granted, even in America, like kids are kids, so kids will play with whoever they play with and this and that, and everything is everything but we also understand that once we get to a certain age we just start to from from our own home training and this and that just how we view things shit can just kind of shift a little bit you know uh in cuba it wasn't like that it it, it like you really seen it like everybody mixed with everybody like it, it's no such it's no such thing as racism over there i don't even think colorism exists over there like i just don't think so um, And I love the music. The nightlife is fun. Like, it's fun. You want to go out, niggas is stepping, and it's like, it's it's fun, bro. You fuck with it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, who fucking knows? But, all right, guys. I said it was going to be a short episode, and it has not been a short episode. I really lied to y'all. I probably could have got out a little bit sooner, but I didn't. You know what I'm saying? I I I kind of got to talking about some shit, but song of the week. Like I said, I'm fucking with the culture. I'm fucking with this other shit. I'm really out here trying to get my amine on. so without further ado, I don't, my what, what's my guy's name? Joe Arroyo. We here, nigga. Shit dropped in 86, for sure. I fuck with it.
2: Quiero contarle, mi hermano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero, y dice así. Six, six, six,
0: six, six, six. Yeah, nigga, that's that Joe Arroyo, Joe Arroyo rebellion. You know, and I seen this shit on TikTok the other day. Before I get up out of here, Shorty was like, "Man, I'm finna drop like a 12 step plan on how to bag a Latina." Number one, you got to be able to dance. You got to be able to dance. Like I was saying a couple pods ago, back in the day, that was a thing. As a black person, you had to know how to dance. You had to have some you had to have some rhythm. As a man, if you knew how to dance, it was cool. Shorty's re, Shorties respected that. They appreciated a nigga that could, you know what I'm saying, had a confidence to just be out there dancing, having some fun, this and that shit. Uh and for a Latina, they want you to be able to dance that salsa. They want you to be able to dance that bachata and shit like that. I'm finna learn that shit. Point blank period, my nigga. I'm fitting to learn it. Nigga, we, we already, family already planning another trip to Cuba uh, in December. For my niggas is listening, for my niggas that's listening, I plan on being back in La, in La Habana in motherfucking, you know what I mean, in motherfucking December, so... You know what I mean? Get your, get your mind right. Get your mind right for that for that type shit, because if you can dance you some shit, nigga, you're going you gonna to be able to get on you some hoes. That shit intimate. That shit sexy. Like, I'm I'm just saying, my nigga. I'm just saying. But all right, y'all. It has been a pod. It has been a pod. I ain't going to front. Like I said, I did not think this was going to be a long one. Uh, I'm not going to say I... Wasn't looking forward to recording, but I was a little tired and a nigga fucked around and got into it. So we're here, baby.
2: I'm fighting for you, Jack. I'm fighting for you, Jack. (laughs)